Hello and welcome to the King Hero IndyCar podcast from Speed Studios with Kirby and Justin. Curb, how are you? Thrilled to be here in the new studios, Justin. How about you? It's fantastic. It looks a lot like the old studio, wouldn't you say? Well, it just feels different now that it has a name. <laughs> it's true. Let's uh, let's dive into all things uh, IndyCar, shall we? <laughs> it usually sounds like the prelude to a non-IndyCar question. <laughs> let's, yeah, let's get on with it. Well, you forced my hand. Look, <laughs> I couldn't help but notice... And and forgive me for quoting Curb. I, I think we shouldn't quote on the show, but sometimes you can't resist. Right. And I couldn't help but noticing the the chairman, uh, chief executive officer of Volkswagen, Mr. Herbert Dies, and his comments. This is the VW Audi Porsche guy. Okay, here we go. Formula One is developing extremely positively worldwide. He said the marketing that is happening there, plus Netflix has led to a Formula One's following growing significantly in the U.S. as well as Asia is growing significantly among younger customer groups. If you look at the major sporting events or events in the world, it's the case that in motorsport, it's really only Formula One that counts, and it is becoming increasingly differentiated. If you, look, if you do motorsport, you should do Formula One. Is that where the impact is the greatest? And then uh, it goes on. I, I think I can stop it there. Yeah, the, um, last two sen- the last two sentences were the key. Yeah, and it just doesn't sound like we're going to get Porsche as third Indian manufacturer anytime soon. What do you say? As <laughs> no, I brought I, it back to IndyCar Curb, I didn't know if you noticed that. Did think that earlier? Like I, I don't, I don't know who was fooling who if they thought that uh, they were having real conversations with uh, VW, Porsche, Audi, whoever. It was just damning. He's obviously saying these things to try to get Formula One and the FIA to kind of move the engine regs in his in their direction, which is they want a completely new engine. But I mean, he just pretty much excluded any other series and just said, do that or do nothing. Anyways, Kirby, I don't want to spend too much time on this, but I, I you know, it's a sad indictment, but probably a statement of the times, at least. A standard Euro condensation condescension of all things American. It also speaks to the Herculean task that faces uh, Roger Penske and crew to get this third manufacturer in. Curb, uh, speaking of European condescension, yes, is Romain Grosjean the new bad boy of IndyCar? He could be if he would uh, embrace the the title, right? But he seems <laughs> he wants to blow it off and act like nothing happened. I beg to differ. I, th- I think his retort to uh, Ray Hall's complaints were. Uh, Pretty much, I don't know how to say screw you in French, but pretty much that. I mean, he's got a natural inclination. He's Swiss French. Even I think a Dane or a Dutchman would agree, think they're the most superior of the, all the, of all the nationalities. Um, so he's he's got a lot going for him uh, in that category. And like I said, I think he pretty much told Ray Hall, screw you. I guess I look at that and I add to it the, uh, the incident at St. Pete where he blatantly ran into the back of... Takuma Sato acted like it was just a racing incident, and they agreed to disagree. <laughs> I think when they talked to Sato, he'd not agreed to anything so, not agreed to any such thing, right? It was uh, yeah. just wants to blow things off whenever there's something not look favorable for him. Well, and, uh, I, I think he should embrace the bad boy thing, like do, you know, do what Paul Tracy did, embrace it. He's fresh off winning the title for most popular driver as a part-time driver in IndyCar last year, and I'm sure he's still basking in the warmth of that. It sounds like 
within the driving community, he may not be as popular as he is with the, with the fan base. I, I mean, apparently, or even qualifying, I don't know which, but he banged off a Herta and Rossi at one point each during the, the weekend, too. If you're going to go that way, embrace it. And uh, the, you'll get as big of a following uh, doing it that way. The trick is, is he going that way on purpose or is it just <laughs> uh, oh, does, he run out of, does he run out of talent at the wrong times? Th- that was the uh, dig on him in Formula One. Right. So, right. yeah, it doesn't matter. I mean, uh, you could argue Tracy ran out of talent at times. Right. Especially during the Bourdais years. Just embrace right. it. Right. Yeah. Dale Earnhardt it. Why not? Um, Felix Rosenquist. Uh, has he done himself in? I mean, was this was this the final nail in the coffin curb? Um, I would have to guess it is. They've resolved their uh, Pato Award problem, right? The rumor is they've nailed down their third driver for next year for their third car. So I would think they're ready to turn their attention to car number two or car number seven in this case. I have a feeling that it's gotten really late, really early in the season for Rosenquist. His average qualifying has to be right up there this year. And yeah. uh, he, he just – it's the opposite problem so many other people are having where they can't qualify well, but they race well. He's the uh, he's the anti-Ray Hall. Well, you, you reminded me he was pole at, uh, at Texas, right? Yep. And I think he pretty much went backwards and backwards and backwards before he had some sort of pit mishap that, that uh, ended his day. I went back and I studied the lap chart summary and looked at each one of his laps for this race, and I couldn't find any catastrophic – event he didn't have a bad pit stop you know drop 10 places or anything he just slowly but surely kept losing places and losing places it's a mystery hate to say it for him but i think he uh might be looking at his formula e opportunities or something like that i was rooting for him but you know he's he's becoming hard to root for uh in the sense that even this year when he's qualified better so you're like hey things are looking up and then he just yeah it's just not happening for him Curb, why is nobody talking about Alex Pillow for F1? I mean, we hear about, about Colton Herta and Award, but it seems like the most F1 driver out there right now is is Mr. Pillow. I think you're right there, and that's a good question. And um, it makes sense, right? He's not much older than Award or, or Herta. Got a lot of success last year, and he seems to be backing it up so far this year. And he seems, you know, unlike Award and unlike Herta, he seems like the guy that does not make mistakes. So they're looking for a guy that, you know, doesn't make mistakes and also looks after, you know, can look after tires, can manage tires, right? And tires, he's, he's managed fuel apparently pretty well. Um, he's, he seems to have the whole package. Yeah, because in F1, you know, if you don't have the car and, you know, let's face it, you know, 18 guys tend not to. Or, you know, some right. 16 guys, but, you know, the vast majority of the field won't have the car on the, on any given day. And, uh, you know, then your key is to just give you the best possible finish, uh, given the car you have. And that's, uh, that's Mr. Pillow. I mean, it's, you know, Dixon before him, but you know, that is Mr. Pillow and why nobody's talking about him, uh, for F1 and, and the other two, you know, it just, it just seems strange to me. I've, I've not seen one or heard one person say that about him. And the guy just keeps performing. It's incredible. Well, you know, I guess one uh, reason is that he's quiet, right? I mean, he he's not he doesn't seem to be a self promoter. It's it's like this in a lot of sports, right? The certain guys catch the attention of the press and they stay in the spotlight whether they have success or not. Other guys, you know, he's you know, Palau's just like addiction, right? He's talented, successful, and and doesn't uh, seek the limelight apparently, and uh, and he's not providing bulletin board material for the press. So he's respected by everybody, but uh, 
but he's not the he's not the guy they go to for the money quotes, right? He wouldn't have a uh, Richard Mille watch. Is that what you're saying, Kerb? Uh, well, I wouldn't put it past him, but uh, uh, I doubt he's promoting it on Instagram. I mean, the, the watch is probably more than his apartment at the moment. <laughs> Anyways, so we're talking about the, these kind of guys, uh, potential F1 guys, and uh, and then I go back well, to Colton Herta. You know, I mean, yeah, you go back to Colton Herta, you kind of go back to Andretti in general, right? Uh, neither one of them is uh, putting their best foot forward here and uh, making Formula One say, hey, these guys have it together, but still, they're not lighting the world on fire. Uh, neither is Herta this year. He's, he shows speed, and then he also shows an inability to translate that speed into results on a consistent basis. Uh, and going, yeah. going back to your comments about below, that's what they want. Nobody's questioning his speed, right? But now everybody's starting to question his mental uh, his maturity. Uh, maturity, thank you. I was going to say stability, and that would have been wrong, just right. wrong. But uh, maturity, and and uh, I count this as four errors now. I think I got that right. Four well, I mean, massive errors. Well, so Nashville and uh, Long Beach, and now Barber, and uh, what's the other one? There's another one in there somewhere where you just kind of screwed the pooch. Oh yeah, he took out Dixon in um, Texas, right? But anyway, you know, bottom line is, you know, Zach Brown may be hot on uh, trying to bring an American over there, but. It, I don't think he's the ultimate decision maker on awarding those seats. Those people that are, I would think they might uh, give him a hard time about trying to bring either her or a ward over at this point in their careers. I'm going back to my theory, man. Start talking about F1 to your own doom. I think you could distill that down a little bit more to just dividing your focus. It makes it harder to be on your game and not make mistakes. Yeah, agreed. Um, what about Rossi's performance? Did he have divided focus, Curb? Really was a non-entity, wasn't he? I don't know if we saw enough of him during the race to have much of a feel for what he did. He, I guess he what started fifth, finished ninth. I think he ran out of gas towards the end, so he might have been saving some fuel. But yeah. uh, even if he even if he did, he wasn't going to beat his starting spot. I don't think. A lot so of people I, it, talking about you know how he's so you know such a hot commodity and stuff, but and I guess he is. But I'll be honest with you, if I owned a team and was looking for somebody, I don't think I'd go that direction. I mean, obviously, you got to get in the circumstances and who you can afford and who's available and all the kind of, and those are, you know, the the permutations are endless, right? God, I, I just want somebody that's a little bit more flavor of the day. Let me be clear. I'm not saying he's terrible. I'm just saying that the last few years have just left a stench on him, his fault or not his fault, and that's it's hard to get past. Um, he just doesn't seem to be as fast as Herta, that's for sure. But beyond that. I think it's as much a team issue as it's been a Rossi issue. Yeah, I just wonder, like, behind the uh, closed doors in the smoky room and the uh, the signs of IndyCar uh, discussing uh, who they're going to run next year, what the real opinion is of the guy. I got to think that he's, in those circles, he's probably still more on the in than he is on the out. Well, I guess we'll see. Uh, some, unless somebody's going to pick him up. If I was Ray Hall, I might still be willing to punt Harvey for him, but uh, you but don't that, like that. Might be the level. <laughs> you and Miss, you are the anti-Harvey. You can't stand that guy. It's not that I can't stand him; I'm only against him. But you know, he came over there to help them with their qualifying, right? Has any of that happened? Well, if you talk to Graham Ray Hall, you say yes because their setups are identical and they're giving the same feedback. Well, Harvey qualified 15th this weekend. Ray Hall did fit, did qualify in the top 10, which qualifies as a and a vast improvement for him, but 
uh, unfortunately, it did not result, end up in the result that we all thought it would. You know, you can't put too much into that. There was people that went three stop strategy. There were people that were, you know, having to save fuel at the end. So, I mean, I don't, I don't put too much in the final. It's just who was racing, who wasn't. And I, I think Ray Hall was pretty racy. Yeah. He finally got a decent, you know, top 10 starting position, yeah. which we have been clamoring. You know, that's been the the uh, mantra for a long time for him. Well, and, he doesn't uh, need top 10. He needs top six. Still, if he took his average, you know, positions gained from last year and started ninth, he'd be, you know, third or fourth or something. So, All right. Well, you got the obligatory mention of that in. Can I just make a program observation here, Curb? Go ahead. We talk way too much about Rossi and, and uh, Ray Hall. Got to stop. <laughs> Tired of it. Well, let's talk about Will Power and what a, a rare charge through the field that Will Power made this weekend and uh, restored a bit of my faith in him. Well, it, which needed restoring because you've been a doubter all along. Every race you say, well, you know, it's still Will Power. It's still Will Power. Are you finally on board with maybe he actually has made a fundamental change uh, this season, Curb? Uh, for starters, I don't think I've been alone in that uh, skepticism. You've been alone on this program in it. Oh, that's true. It gives you a reason for hope that he could have a, a solid uh, championship result this year. That's for sure. Uh, I'm happy to see it. I'm I'm still a power fan, and I'd be, love to be rooting for him t- throughout the season. Be the best story of the season if he won the championship. It really would, would. without a doubt. Um, it'd be it'd be very enjoyable to see him uh, competitive at the 500 again. Yeah, and I think that kind of attitude, presuming he's able to keep it up, uh, will serve him well in that race. Curb. Um, did you catch any of the Indy Lights uh, race? No, I did not. Okay, I did a little bit. Uh, racing's better, maybe maybe because they have more cars. Uh, you know, hard to say, but yeah, it's a, it's just you know my overall comment is seems better, seems a little more interesting. Mm-hmm. Who won the race? Oh God, you would have to ask me that. It wasn't Brabham. It was the guy who everybody was t- talking about. Linus is that his name? Linus Lundquist. Yeah, I think it was him. Curb, I have one last thing to contribute. Um, there was some feedback uh, from our show a couple shows ago where I, uh, where I reviewed uh, Titanic. And uh, some people requested that I do more reviews. <laughs> okay. Uh, people seem to like the, yeah. uh, the movie review. You've been holding out on me. <laughs> That's true. For, uh, for good reason. Uh, I said jokingly at the time that I might review Avatar the next time. But the truth of the matter is I've never seen Avatar. Well, three movies I have watched recently are Gator, The Secret Life of Walter Mitty, and Terminator 3. Terminator 3. Which one would you like me to pontificate on briefly? Secret Life of Walter Mitty. Okay. Secret Life of Walter Mitty. Uh, I think fabulous movie. See a cameo by Sean Penn? Yeah, a bit more than a cameo. Okay. Okay. Right. Uh, but – but uh, he's not he's not the star of the show, not the star of the show by a long shot. But um, a fabulous movie, probably, I, I think, very uh, unnoticed and uh, and underrated uh, when it came out. Soul feeding energy from that me, uh, movie. Well, we, we could all use a lot of that these days. I think it's a uh, it's an excellent covid era movie. I, I realize we're coming out of covid now, but I think, you know, it's just about going out and living your life and taking risks and. And the joy that brings you. And I, I think there's a, a lot to be said about that philosophy and certainly, um, you know, how this movie, uh, d- the way in the creative way in which this movie delivers that message is uh, is it's a worth a watch. So let's see a quirky performance by uh, Christian Wig. Is that right? 
Yeah, and um, Adam Adam Scott particularly good in that. Yeah, he's, he's always also good. And a snow leopard. So yeah, you can't go wrong. I, I don't know if I call it great, but it was a good movie. I enjoyed it, and, uh, and it certainly would be something worth watching these days. Uh, okay, here's I do remember now what I wanted to say about IndyCar, and you talked we briefly uh, compared it to Formula One earlier, and um, I'm going to pick up on a a rant that I had at the end of last season when they had such a poorly stage managed uh, championship presentation. If you call that rant, I do recall the rant very well. So did you watch the Peacock post race show? I did not. Usually you never see the podium after a race because they do some interviews and they don't have time for the podium. They just do the, uh, the uh, victory lane, uh, you know, get out of the car, interview the winner, that type of thing. Yep. But with these Peacock post-race shows now, they have time to fill and they show, you know, the podium presentation. I've seen more impressive podiums on at high school track meets than the <laughs> podiums that they put these. You know, so you're looking at the, the podium and you're realizing, first of all, you realize that this is a really young podium, right? I mean, award, Palau and, and uh, VK, they're all at most average, you know, 22 years of age or younger between the three of them. You know, you got a little eight by 10 uh, banner behind them with the IndyCar logo on it. And you got podium that's the top step is maybe 15 inches tall. And uh, these little kids that look like go-karters, you know, getting trophies. I go back to if you want to try to make inroads against NASCAR or against Formula One, they got so far to go just in their presentation and making their product and their events look important. Yeah, you can just see the chairman of VW watching that. Right. I mean, I mean, yeah, uh, that that article when you said that to me, and I saw that that uh, those uh, those uh, lines you read there, and uh, and I just kind of went back to my thoughts yesterday watching that podium presentation. All right, Curb, that's enough. We're headed into May. Well, we are in May. Uh, just to timestamp this, it's Monday, day after the race at Barber, the big one coming up. The big one. I mean, the, the leisurely pace is over. You and I will uh, actually see each other physically and uh, have a f- couple of uh, cocktails uh, or beers before the big one. Can't wait. Look forward to it. Yeah, it um, do we have a Twitter handle for anybody to comment on your movie reviews? At Hero, H-I-R-O IndyCar. At Hero IndyCar. Sponsors. South Street Diner, Boston, Massachusetts. Mention this podcast to the owner, Saul, and he will give you a generous discount. All right, Kerb. Thanks, everybody. Have a good one. See you next week.